Hi, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Skip Miller. And I'm Thibaut Suiris. Every two weeks, we're going to be interviewing thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We're on a mission to change the way people see sales. As you know, sales is a profession that is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet people are afraid to try or really extend themselves. And this isn't really good. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs and M3 Learning. If you want to attend the recording of the podcast episodes and ask your questions to the guests, you can join the Selling Advantage community. It's a $25 a month subscription where you get access to a community of B2B salespeople, exclusive events, and tactical resources to help you close bigger deals faster. Join today and get one month for free at www.sellingadvantage.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom, tools, and tactics, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. We are today with Skip. We just jumped out of a training with a customer that was uh, very interesting. So, Skip, uh, how are you doing? Very, very well. Thank you. Just uh, always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, always a pleasure. So, yeah, we just wrapped up like a, a training session. And today I want, I want to talk about like the top three mistakes we, we see very often uh, salespeople doing. And, you know, it was just really interesting to have this, this, this training. I listened to a bunch of calls. I talked to a bunch of salespeople. Then we went into the management training. And uh, one of the main problems I see with salespeople is that they jump into a demo right away. So uh, is it something you see too? What, what do you think of that? Well, the whole concept is, is shared value. I know what our stuff can do. If you could see what our stuff can do, then you'd see why it's a value. And, and the problem is we're not really letting the customer tell us what their issues and challenges are. You're jumping to step three without really earning the right to step one or two. So we, we've never been taught to ask great questions. We've never been taught to ask qualified questions regarding the customer. How would that fit for you? What are your risks? Um, you know, is there a timing problem with that? I mean, what's the biggest challenge there? We're always taught questions about our stuff, right? How will this fit for you? Is this within your budget? You know, how would you implement our stuff? And it, you've got to get rid of that perspective. So, yeah, one of the biggest problems is, is you know, hi, quickly, let me show you our stuff. You're skipping a whole bunch of steps. And the customer goes, wow, this is really good stuff. I have no concept of how I'm going to use it. And you don't even know what I do. So that's why the deals go ghost. So there's no doubt that that first stage, rush the demo or even rush the presentation is just not where it's happening. Why do you think they, they do that? What have they been taught to do? To do They've that. been taught to, here's your book of business. Here's your slide presentation. Here's your demos, right? Here's your videos. Go forth and conquer. I mean, they've never been taught. What's a CIO do? What's a CFO do? You know, if you want to go after your personas, what do they do? What are their challenges? Mm -hmm. So if I, let's say I'm going after a CMO. Right now, what keeps a CMO awake at night? Well, do some research and you'll find it's customer experience. It's not being able to do, to really propagate the brand. Well, what challenges is that causing? You, one of the biggest issues we find is that salespeople want to be helpful. 
Let me help you understand my stuff. Let me help you show you know, find what we can do for you. Well, there's a step before helpful called curiosity. You've got to become curious about your customers. Gather data, get information. What's the, what's the size of the problem? So they're never taught that. They're taught on being helpful, but they're never taught on being curious. And if they could actually put curiosity in front of helpful, the customer would benefit. Yeah, I've got like a, an example for that. So I, I recently took a flight uh, and I passed by uh, Charles de Gaulle, you know, the airport of Paris. And yeah. there was like a huge kind of a, a, a queue, like a huge pileup and basically was to go to the passport. And, you know, like in an airport, if you don't control flow properly, what happens is that people just like starting behaving like water and everything push and, you know, then it becomes, can even become dangerous. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to just spend three hours if I stay in there. So I'm going to look for a gap. And I just went, you know, on the side. And then I went to talk to someone and say, hey, it looks like you're having a problem right now because people are just like pushing in all directions. It's just like, oh, thanks very much. And then she made us pass, you know, in front of everyone, basically. So I say, hey, really? I have a pregnant, yeah, I have a pregnant lady here. You know, we have to do something. And I was just, okay, that's a great example of how, you know, you look for gaps, you look for problems. And just by, by providing and, and filling or reducing that gap, making a dent in the problem, you can actually get some value out of it. So that was a very interesting kind of a, a real life example of how you can do it. Right, but you didn't come up with the answer. They came up with the answer. Yeah. Same with customers. If you present, if you listen to your customer's problem, they'll present you with potentially the answer too. You don't have to give them the answer, right? So, exactly. you know, so keep the presentation. Keep. I haven't done a presentation on my stuff since 2015. So it's like the customer's got the problem. The customer has the answer. And if we can work with our customer to tell them, have them tell us what the question is and have them tell us the answer, then all we're doing is playing conductor of the orchestra. And that's a good position to be in. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, like often we take this next step where we say, okay, I'm going to start talking about features. I'm going to stop woofing and I'm going to start asking questions. And a second kind of problem I see with sales reps is that they ask leading questions like, oh, what do you think of this? Or if you could have this feature, how would this help, you know? And, you know, what, what would you do to actually fix that, to, to stop asking questions that are just like sales process questions? I would have them take a copy of the Swiss flag and tattoo it on their shoulder so that they're neutral. Um, the best, the best idea is think that you're a newspaper reporter. You have no product you're selling yet, everything else like that. And just be curious about your customer. So let me ask you a question. You know, as you look at 2022, what are the goals? What are your biggest risks? What are your challenges? I don't know if I can help you or not. These filters that we put in there, all right, are, are going to kill us. You know, if we're selling something like um, uh, SaaS uh, back office stuff, until I hear the word back office or SaaS, I'm not paying attention. It's blah, 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 back office. Oh, back office. All of a sudden, you got to take those filters away. Customers appreciate a filterless call. Stop thinking about how we're going to solve this. So that's like step two. Don't, don't rush step two. Be as neutral as you can in step one, i.e. The, the Swiss flag, right? Where just be more neutral in your conversations. Yeah, I know there's pressure to find you know, deals and qualify them and, and make sure they're, they're, they're really worth your time. Well, you'll be able to find out if they're worth their time if you can really quantify their issues and challenges. Not, is there a good fit? You're rushing it. I mean, it's like, you go, buy, go buy a car. Well, no, no, just buy a car. Well, I don't know if it's a good fit. 
well, you don't know what my problems are, but you go buy a car. Oh, my problems are I have three kids and I got to fit three seats, car seats in the car. Oh, I need a minivan. Well, you didn't ask that. You're so busy trying to fit me into the car that you're trying to sell me. You didn't even ask me what my challenges were. So there's the issue. I mean, if you really want to do your customers a favor, you're right. Stop rushing to that presentation. Stop rushing to that and, and start, you know, be as neutral as you can in that initial stage. So you really understand the customer's problems. Yeah. Interesting. I think the tattoo, the Swiss flag is a good thing. I'm Swiss, so uh, I don't need to do it, but uh, it's a simple tattoo to do. So it should be, I should be fine. <laughs> but yeah, that's, yeah. that's very interesting. It being neutral. I think that's, uh, we have, have this bias because we want to reach our numbers. We want to, uh, you know, like sell our product and, and often we're excited about, let's say product features or, or new things, new stuff that's out and that is, you know, potentially driven by market. So we say, hey, you're a CSO or CFO, so you should actually love this. And then it's like, no, you know, this is just nothing, nothing I'm interested in. I'm interested in my key initiatives and how you can help make a dent in that. Right. So, oh, I forgot to talk about those because I was so busy talking about myself. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, and Skip, what about the, uh, you know, like one thing I've noticed is that we often, when we try to apply the proactive selling methodology, we ask about initiatives to our ATLs, so above the line buyers. But often there's kind of pushback or it's very uncomfortable. So do you have any tips to kind of get this conversation going where we talk about really these big numbers, these key initiatives that are important for the business? Do you have any tips to kind of get to this level if you're like, let's say, more junior or it's a bit more challenging for you? So you, know, you got to do homework. You got to find out, you know, if you're going to go call a CIO, do some homework on what keeps a CIO awake in 2022. I mean, actually do some homework there. And those would be some of the questions. John, I just did some research and found out from the Gartner Group that CIO's top two issues are this and this. Are those issues? What are you doing about them? Are there other issues? You just got to come close to that vocabulary. All the presentation deck stuff and, and stuff about your product, leave behind. That's stage two, stage three stuff. But the best way is to come up with the idea that you're doing an informational interview. I just like to talk to you for 15 minutes about what your challenges are, because I really want to know what a CIO, what a CMO, what a CLO, whoever else is looking at in 22. I mean, if you could share that information with me and where you see the biggest challenges, I mean, I don't know if I can help or not. Just by doing those informational interviews, you'd be surprised on how ATLs love to talk about themselves. Okay. And, you know, given the opportunity of an informational interview, they, they jump at it. Yeah, that I created like something called the Marketing Content Recycler. It's a tool I created uh, to help prospects understand, uh, to help uh, reps understand, you know, their prospect problem. So, for example, what you see, and it's something I learned from you, when you go to any marketing website or any website of any kind of sales business, you're going to see some towards language. So, we increase by 30% with the best topping class, whatever thing. And so, I always take go look for like a blog post or a podcast and find out who it's addressed for, who it's made for, and what is the problem it's solving. And so I found that it's a very good way to get them to get into the wording because they will use their marketing content and then they will understand what is the specific problem this marketing content is, is you know, or this resource is solving or contributing to solve, and then summarize that in, you know, three to four points. But then when you have that, you say, okay, so this resource is made for this type of prospect and they have these types of problems and this is how we solve it. And then you can even do a quick video where you're going to say, okay, this is like a curated 
uh, blog post I did. And then you, pit your, or you propose that you say, hey, if you have this problem to a prospect when you're trying to get in touch with them, you know, just reply and I'll send you uh, like a, a small resource. So I found that, you know, having this switch where instead of talking about features, USPs and all these great things you have, you go look for the problems and find the exact words, the very descriptive words, and you get, you get a lot more replies. What do you think of that? What do you think of it? I mean, that's exactly what you should do. I mean, that's perfect. I mean, sales is not just buy my stuff. Sales is really caring about your prospect and customers and help to problem solve things that are holding them back away from obtaining their goals. That's the goal here. And if you, you, you keep that mantra that your goal is to find out what challenges are and instead of just pitching your stuff and hoping something sticks, you'll be a better salesperson. Yeah. And the better person in general, if you can find problems and gaps in life, it's just so one thing I've noticed is, is and a good friend of mine was telling me that I think one great purpose in life is to find problems and solve them, you know, like checking boxes. For me, that's one thing I'm kind of addicted to is just knowing that I solve problems. And I think it just it's just a great way to, uh, to go about life and, and have this kind of growth mindset. You know, it, it, it's just challenging listening to people all the time where they just want to talk about themselves. They don't want to talk about you. And you got to put that ego in the pocket. You know, I know you want to tell people how good you are and how great you are and how you, you do the same things they do. Shut up. Stop talking about yourself and really take an interest, not just fake it, really take an interest in your customers' issues and challenges. And you'll do yourself a lot better in the world of sales than just being really good at presentations or demonstrations. Totally agree. Totally agree. Cool. So Skip, what are you planning this week? Uh, tons of work. I mean, I got tons of new customers coming on board. We're doing a lot of management sessions, um, way too busy week. So it's like, uh, and then the grandkids are coming over today to spend some time. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. How's that? How's, how about yourself? Also a ton of work, like really a lot of work. Um, yeah. So I'm just really happy because, you know, it's the beginning of the year you work really hard and, uh, in Europe, you know, summer is really warm. So I'm just working super hard before it's warm. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah, but you know what? This is the fun part for me. I really get to dive into customers' issues and challenges. I really get to dive where they sit back and go, oh, I should be turning left instead of right. So it, it, it's a lot of fun. So I'm learning quite a bit. You know, I always learn from my customers. And I always learn. I'm like, wow, I didn't know people spent money for that. And it's just, it's just really cool stuff. So I enjoy it. Same thing here. And I think we, are, we have a great job because we're paid to learn. So that's, for me, that's what I love the most about this job. And all sales, you're going to constant. I learn more from my customers. I sold it, uh, some stuff to the Hoover vacuum cleaner company and I did a factory tour. I learned more about vacuum cleaners and you know how many they, they made 5,000 of this one model a day. I had no concept of people who are going to buy 5,000 vacuum cleaners a day of just this one model. I mean, fascinating stuff you can learn just from your customers. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Thank you, Skip. So uh, have a great week and talk soon. Talk soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to that episode. If you like what you hear and you want to explore more, I invite you to join the Selling Advantage community. It's a paid community we're running with Skip Miller, where you're going to get access to a content library with training, checklist, and exclusive resources. 
You'll also get access to our experimentation swipe file and a Discord group with 150 Texas people. We also have online events where we invite special guests, a regular Ask Us Anything, and our content is focused on sales for North America and EMEA. If you want to check it out, go to sellingadvantage.io or click on the link in the show notes and you'll be able to sign up. 